Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Courts Today by Live Law. This is your host Urvashi Chauhan bringing you the latest updates on the legal front. This is your go-to source for all things legal. Let us start. Starting with a very important update from the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court today delivered its highly anticipated judgment in the electoral bonds case. A constitution bench comprising CJI Chandrachud and Justices Sanjeev Khanna, B.R. Gawai, J.B. Pardewala and Manoj Mishra heard a batch of cases challenging the controversial electoral bonds scheme over a period of three days before reserving the verdict in November last year. Today, the verdict was delivered and the scheme has been struck down as unconstitutional. The court held that anonymous electoral bonds are violative of right to information under Article 191A of the Constitution. The bench observed that financial contributors to political parties are believed to give money either to support a party or in exchange for favours. Companies have a greater influence on politics due to the amount of money they contribute and the reasons behind their contributions. Further, the court also issued certain directions. The issuing bank has been directed to stop the issuance of electoral bonds. SBI has been asked to provide the Election Commission of India with information about the electoral bonds purchased since April 2019 as per the court's interim order. It should also disclose the political parties that have received contributions through these bonds during the same period. The electoral bonds scheme launched in 2017 permitted individuals and companies to donate funds to political parties without any donation limits. Under this scheme, contributors purchased bonds from the State Bank of India, which then released the funds to the political party of their choice. However, a key concern with this scheme was that the anonymity of these donations meant that voters and citizens were unaware of the identities of the donors. This lack of transparency raised questions about the potential influence and indebtedness of political parties to undisclosed donors once they come to power. The next update relates to the petitions challenging provisions of the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act. Continuing the hearing in the matter from yesterday, the bench of Justices Bela M. Trivedi and Pankaj Mittal allowed some pleas in the case to be withdrawn. Advocate on record Prashant Bhushan appeared for two advocates and a journalist who were booked by Tripura Police under UAPA. The only allegation against the two lawyers was that they had given a fact-finding report about the situation in Tripura while the journalist had been roped in because he tweeted, Tripura is burning. Yesterday, the council had requested time to seek instructions as to whether they would approach the High Court for the same. And today, he withdrew the petition. Also, earlier the Supreme Court, while issuing notice in this batch of pleas, had passed interim directions for no coercive steps, including arrest, to be taken against some petitioners. Today, Bhushan requested for extension of these interim orders while they approached the concerned High Court. But the request was denied. Let me tell you, some of the petitioners in this case include JNU scholar Umar Khalid, Foundation for Media Professionals and former IAS officer Harsh Mandir, etc. In an important update, the Allahabad High Court has today reserved its judgment in the Gyanwapi Vyasji Tehkhana matter. As you are aware, the Moss Committee had challenged the Varanasi Court's January 31st order allowing puja in the Vyas Tehkhana, that is the southern cellar of the mosque. Senior Advocate C.S. Vidyanathan today 
appeared for temple board of trustees and argued that Hindu deities were being worshipped by them till 1993 in the Tehkhana. And the order of the Varanasi court appointing a receiver did not affect the rights of the Muslim appellants as they never performed namaz in the Tehkhana. Senior counsel SFA Nakwi appeared for the mosque committee and contended that appointment of DM as receiver was creating a clash of interests because the DM was a part of the board of trustees of the temple trust. Further, he referred to the deed executed between the Vyas family and the Kashi Vishwanath board of trustees where they had transferred their rights to the board. He said, once they had themselves transferred the right, they could now not file the suit seeking worshipping rights after 32 years without taking any recourse of limitation or law. After hearing both the parties, a bench of justice Rohit Ranjan Agarwal has reserved the judgment. And now let me tell you, by way of a public interest litigation, BJP leader Dr. Subramanian Swamy has moved the Delhi High Court against an alleged scam of 5,100 crores involving Axis Bank making undue gains from transactions in shares of Max Life Insurance. Swami alleges that Max Life Insurance Company Limited and Max Financial Services Limited allowed Axis Bank and its group companies to make undue profits from the sale purchase of equity shares in a non-transparent manner, violating directions issued by Insurance Regulatory and Development Authority of India, that is IRDAI. It's claimed that Axis Bank gained substantially by selling shares to Max Life at inflated prices contrary to the IRDAI directions. IRDAI had penalized Max Life with a 3 crore rupees fine for non-compliance and misrepresentation in obtaining approval for share transfers, resulting in undue monetary benefits to Axis Bank. Swami argues that this penalty is insignificant compared to the total undue gains, thus necessitating court intervention. He has prayed the court to appoint an expert committee to investigate the transactions and issue guidelines. The plea was listed today before the bench of Acting Chief Justice Manmohan and Justice Manmeet Pritam Singh Arora. The court adjourned the hearing to March 13th, asking Swami's counsel to serve a copy of the petition on the bank. In a significant development, the Supreme Court has stayed the ongoing proceedings in various trial courts across the state of West Bengal related to incidents of alleged violence following the 2021 State Assembly polls. The order was passed by a single judge bench of Justice Sanjay Karol in response to a transfer petition filed by CBI seeking to relocate the cases outside of West Bengal due to concerns of witness intimidation and threats to the course of justice. The central agency in its petition has alleged witness and counsel intimidation, highlighting their detrimental impact on the judicial process. The CBI has argued that judicial intervention is required since no action has been taken despite complaints lodged with state authorities. The court has issued notice on the plea returnable on 11th March. Several Supreme Court Bar Association members have sought removal of the Supreme Court Bar Association president over his letter to CJI for Suomoto action against erring farmers in the wake of the farmers' protest. 
Earlier this week, the Bar Association President had addressed a letter to the Chief Justice of India on behalf of the association calling the farmers' protests to be politically motivated and urging the CGI to take suo-moto action against the erring farmers for forcibly trying to enter Delhi in a bid to create nuisance and disturb the daily life of citizens. Soon after this, majority of executive committee members of SCBA had disassociated themselves from the SCBA president's letter. 13 out of 21 members of the executive committee of SCBA in a resolution clarified that the SCBA president wrote the letter unilaterally without any consultation with the members of the executive committee. Now, nearly 150 Supreme Court lawyers have signed a resolution which calls for a general body meeting of the SCBA to discuss the removal of the President for writing the letter to the CGI without having any authority and capacity in the matter and on the letterhead of the Supreme Court Bar Association. This, according to them, is blatant misuse of his position as President of the Association. The Supreme Court bench comprising Justices Bela M. Trivedi and Pankaj Mithal continued hearing today the matter relating to whether services rendered by the lawyer would come within the ambit of the Consumer Protection Act or not. The issue emerged from a judgment delivered by the National Consumer Disputes Redressal Commission in 2007. The Commission had ruled that the services rendered by lawyers are covered under Section 2O of the Consumer Protection Act, which defines service. It was held that a lawyer may not be responsible for the favourable outcome of a case, as the outcome does not depend upon only the lawyer's work. However, if there was a deficiency in rendering services promised for which he receives consideration in the form of a fee, then the lawyers can be proceeded against under the Consumer Protection Act. It is against this order that the appeal was filed before the Supreme Court. Also, earlier in 2009, the top court had stayed the impugned judgment of the Commission. Senior advocate Narendra Hudda today argued on behalf of the appellant and said that independence of a lawyer is as important as of a judge while moving the wheels of chariot of justice. Distinguishing legal profession from doctors, Hudda said, that in case of doctors, the relationship is direct between the doctors and the patient. Further, doctors and their clinics can advertise without any bar, unlike advocates who are prohibited from soliciting their work. He also said and appraised the court of the alternative remedies available in this regard under the Advocates Act 1961, where complaints against an advocate are entertained by the State Bar Council and the Bar Council of India. The matter is now posted coming Wednesday for further hearing. In this regard, another update is that Supreme Court advocates on Record Association via a resolution today declared that it shall file an intervention application in this matter and further assist the court in development of law in this regard, keeping in mind the interest of advocates and members of the association. And lastly, Bihar Federation of Women Lawyers has made a representation to the Bar Council of India emphasizing the urgent necessity for specialized legal representation in cases concerning crimes against women and children. According to recent statistics from the National Judicial Data Grid, there are more than 2,84,000 pending cases involving crimes against women, highlighting the crucial need for focused attention and intervention. In response to these alarming figures, the Federation has put forth a pioneering 
initiative proposing that public prosecutors handling trials, bail matters and appeals in case of crimes against women and children be women advocates. The representation underscores that this initiative aims not only to ensure the sensitive handling of such cases, but also to empower women in the legal profession by entrusting them with significant responsibilities. Thank you for watching. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law. Do not forget to like, share and subscribe and support us. You can also support us by donating through the thanks button at the bottom of our videos or consider becoming a member at just 89 rupees per month.